Well, welcome back to the Northboro Church of Christ YouTube channel. I'd like to give a shout out to Adam Gorham and thank him for using his equipment and being able to record these sermons like this for all of you and, and all of us in the Northboro Church and, and beyond. Uh, if this is your first time, we'd ask that you would subscribe to the youth, uh, Northboro Church of Christ YouTube channel. So that way you can get uh, notifications anytime there's a sermon or another video that comes up. Uh, you would have to ring the bell uh, to get the notifications, but we do appreciate you subscribing to the channel. And we pray that it's been beneficial for you. We find ourselves in Genesis chapter 48. And Jacob is about to die. And the family of Israel has landed in Goshen. And Brother Vaughn uh, did a wonderful job with his message uh, last week. Uh, I would encourage anybody who hasn't watched it to watch. And Israel is now wanting to bless his sons. And Joseph gets word that Jacob is about to die. He's sick. And Joseph goes and visits with his father, Jacob. And I would just like to start reading in verse 1 of Genesis 48. And I've entitled the sermon, Can You Still See the Blessing? As we look at this history, let us be reminded that as Christians, there are plenty of blessings that we can look to and see. Even though the times may be tumultuous, the political environment is hostile, uh, there's brothers and sisters possibly arguing with each other about a certain candidate or a certain political party. And brothers and sisters, we know that there are so many blessings in Christ. And the challenge with this message is to encourage you and challenge you to still see the blessings. In verse 1 of Genesis 48. Now it came about after these things that Joseph was told, Behold, your father is sick. So he took, two, excuse me, so he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. When it was told to Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you. Israel collected his strength and sat up in the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of peoples. And I will give this land to your descendants after you for an everlasting possession. Joseph, Jacob is recalling the blessings of God. Brothers and sisters, sometimes that's helpful to us to do, isn't it? To recall all that God has brought us through, all that God has promised, and to realize that all those promises are still intact. And Jacob is revisiting his history and his relationship with God, and he's revisiting it to Joseph. God appeared to Jacob at Bethel, if you remember, in Genesis 28 starting in verse 10. Then Jacob departed from Beersheba, and Jacob's in the promised land. He's in Canaan, and he finds himself in Luz, and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there, because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones of the place 
and put it under his head and lay down in that place. He had a dream and behold, a ladder. And here we have the story, the history of Jacob's ladder. And it was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, north and south. And in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. We see that that place eventually would be called Bethel. And Jacob is recalling this moment to Joseph. He's remembering that God has been faithful. And we see that Jacob struggled a little bit because he was in Beersheba. He stopped there before he made his trek into Egypt. And he's recalling all the ways that God has been good to him. God has kept his promises. To Jacob. In Genesis 48.11, he also recalls or speaks of the blessing that he now has. You think about what Joseph's brothers told Israel, what they told Jacob. They told Jacob that Joseph was dead. And he believed that. And it wasn't until after 20 years have passed that he finally gets to see his son again, Joseph, who he thought was dead. And not only does he get to see Joseph, who he thought was dead, but he also gets to see Joseph's children. And in verse 11, he says that Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face and behold, God has let me see your children as well. What a blessing that must have been for Jacob to be able to see his grandchildren from Joseph, from his favorite wife, Rachel. We know that Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. And Jacob recalls the loss of his wife. If you back up to Genesis 48, starting in verse 8, I'm sorry, verse 7. Now, as for me, when I came from Padan, Padanaram, Rachel died to my sorrow in the land of Canaan on the journey, when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath. That is Bethlehem. And so you can imagine that Jacob sees in Joseph the face of Rachel. And possibly even in Manasseh and Ephraim. And he recalls that loss. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, a loss can distract us from the blessing. It's not easy to lose somebody even if we know they're in Christ. 
January 22nd, 2021, this year, it'll be one year since my brother's passing. My oldest brother died of a fentanyl overdose. I'm sad. And in that sadness and in that loss, there came blessings. Blessings I want to share with you, but we'll reserve that for a more personal time. But the blessings are there. And I pray as a Christians, as the church, that we can still see the blessings that God has given us in the midst of loss, in the midst of trial, in the midst of temptation, through the whole of life. And Jacob is telling Joseph about his sorrow. But he's still talking about the blessings. In verse 48, uh, chapter 48, then, starting in verse 15. And this is after Joseph has bowed down before Jacob, wanting to bless Manasseh and Ephraim. And he says this in verses 15 and 16. He blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. And may my name live on in them and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. And may they grow into a multitude in the midst of of the earth. This was Jacob's blessing to Manasseh and Ephraim. That the God of his fathers would bless them. <laughs> Notice how he says that he's the God of his fathers. That's an acknowledgement that he's not just one God of many, but he is God. And he also calls him his shepherd. He has shepherded the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. He called God his shepherd. And then the angel who has redeemed him from all evil. Was Jacob free of evil? Jacob was a uh, a perpetrator of evil. He deceived his own father. He tricked his own brother. And then he was a victim of deceit by his own uncle, Laban. He feared for his life from his brother Esau. And here he says that God has delivered him, or the angel who has delivered him from all evil. In what way was Jacob delivered from all evil? The promise. The promise that God had made him. Here he is in Egypt. And he knows the promises that were made to Abraham and his father Isaac. He knows them. And he sees the blessing of this nation beginning to start. And he's holding on to the promise that God has made to him. And he's looking back over his life. And he's saying, God has delivered me. 
He's still seeing the blessings. When I think about the blessings, I think about Ephesians 1. The blessings that the Christian has. Starting in verse 3 in Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God of our Father and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, it says that God has blessed us with. So many times we focus on the material blessings, don't we, brothers and sisters? There's nothing wrong with focusing on the material blessings. They're there. Far in abundance, just as Brother Vaughn was talking about. Far in abundance, the physical, material blessings are there. But Paul tells the Ephesian church here that every spiritual blessing in Christ we have. How often do your thoughts go to those spiritual blessings when you're counting your blessings one by one? And Jacob is recounting the blessings of God in his life. And we should do the same. Paul gives us these blessings, I believe, in the following uh, verses of Ephesians 1. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. You know, it's a spiritual blessing to be holy and blameless before God. What a spiritual blessing that is. You ever consider that? That He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Before this world was created, God had in His mind that He would have a people who would be holy and blameless before Him. That's you and me in Christ. What a blessing that is. He goes on to say in verse 5, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. What does it mean to be adopted into the family of God? To be a child of the Most High God. In the family. What a spiritual blessing that is. That we cry out now, Abba, Father. Because that's the relationship that God wants with us. He wants to be and is, if we're in Christ, a father. That's a spiritual blessing. According to what? The kind intention of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us, In the beloved, freely bestowed grace upon those who are in Christ. A gift. By grace you have been saved through faith, right? In Him we have redemption. Redemption. We've been bought back. We've been purchased with a price. The price is the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God. We've been redeemed. We sing the song, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Right? What a spiritual blessing it is to be the redeemed.
through His blood, in verse 7, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Forgiveness. See, that's the double cure. We've been forgiven of our sin. Our sin is removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And we've been bought. We've been brought near, Ephesians 2 tells us. Those who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Forgiven of our sin and redeemed. According to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will. What a blessing it is to know the gospel. Just the simple fact that we have access to the mystery. Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians 2. And and some of us, we, we use that verse to describe what heaven's going to be like, right? Eye has not seen nor ear has heard all that God has prepared for those who love him. And fine, we can use that to describe the glory that is to be revealed. Paul talks about it as well in Romans, right? We cannot compare the sufferings of this present time to the glory that is to be revealed to us, right? But in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, you take a look at the context. He's talking about the mystery. And Paul is explaining that the mystery has been revealed to the apostles. And in turn, they've revealed it to you and I. That mystery of the gospel. That mystery of Jesus Christ coming in the flesh, taking on human form, and dying for the sins of the world, being abused, being spit upon, being mocked, being ridiculed. As a lamb is led to the slaughter. What a blessing it is to know the gospel. Verse 10, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth in Him. Also, we have obtained an inheritance, having having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. An inheritance. We've been adopted, and now we've been given an inheritance, and that inheritance is heaven. What a spiritual blessing that is. He goes on to explain a little bit more the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And there's others that we could talk about. The fellowship that we have with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and with each other. That's a blessing. That's a spiritual blessing that we have. How often do we think on the spiritual blessings that we have? Jacob saw that God had been faithful to him through all of his wanderings and mistakes. God had held true to his promise. We need to do the same. We need to recall the promises and the blessings of God in our life, not just the material blessings, the spiritual ones. 
fellowship in Christ, confident access to the throne, sealed with the Spirit of God, a hope that does not disappoint. All of these things that we have as spiritual blessings, brothers and sisters, in Christ. Grab a hold of them. Don't let them go. If you go back to Genesis 48, we see something in Joseph. Here is a man that we see who was godly. He loved God. He wanted to obey God at any cost. And in this moment, because he saw the hands of Jacob, he didn't see the hands of God. He didn't see the blessing. And you remember that Jacob said, I want... Manasseh and Ephraim, I want your boys, Joseph, to be blessed by the same God that blessed me. In verse 15, he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. The same God that's been with me, I want him to bless you. Your boys, Joseph. That's what I'm doing. And Joseph was so focused on Jacob's hands that he couldn't see and didn't see God's hand. Back up with me, if you will, to verse 10. Actually, let's start in verse 8. Genesis 48, 8. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me here. So he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them close to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God has let me see your children as well. Then Joseph took them from his knees and bowed with his face to the ground. Joseph took, bo- uh, uh, took them both, Ephraim with his right hand towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right hand. And what's he wanting to do? Manasseh was the firstborn. And so he wants his father to bless the firstborn first. And what does Jacob do? Well, he does an old switcheroo. And he crosses his hands. And he blesses Ephraim with the right hand. You see, Joseph, he was so focused on Jacob's hands that he didn't see the blessing. And brothers and sisters, we can do the same. We can focus so much on the hands of men. You know, the hands of men is what caused this virus, isn't it? We can focus so much on our failures that it discourages us and we don't see the blessings. Because if we really think about it, yes, the hands of men have caused this virus. And we know that sin is the reason why viruses even exist, right? But it's also the hands of men that have allowed for a vaccine. And whatever your opinion is on that, good can come from the hands of men. But there's also a temptation 
to depend on our own good works, too, with our own hands can accomplish, isn't there? And what we need to focus on are the hands of God. See, Jacob, he was blessing both boys. It just wasn't the way that Joseph saw it in his mind. The way it should be. The eldest. But if we look back through just the book of Genesis, how many times has the younger son been given the blessing? (laughs) Jacob was. And so we need to focus on the hands of God and His work. Because we can look at our own failures and get discouraged and frustrated to the point where we can't even see the blessings that we've just talked about in Ephesians. And then we can also be tempted to look at our own good deeds and think that we don't need the blessings talked about in Ephesians. He was looking at the hands of Jacob instead of the hands of God. It's encouraging to recognize and remember God's works. Just the creation that surrounds us. In Psalm 19, let's just read there. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens are telling of the glory of God. Glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. So when we look up to the heavens, we know that God has created it all. And if He has enough power to do that, then He is working in my situation as well. I just need to focus on His hands. What an encouragement. In Psalm 23... I thought about this psalm because Jacob calls God his shepherd. And I just want to read the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And what's he holding those in? His hand. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David saw the blessing of God as his shepherd. Can you see it? The writer of Hebrews tells us that it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We're encouraged to not continue to sin. To not continue to willingly sin. In other words, I've gotten to a place in my faith where I no longer have faith. And I step away from God deliberately. And in that state, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a terrifying expectation expectation of judgment. 
He says it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God unless you're in Christ. And it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to be held by him, right? Uh, The little nursery song we sing. He's got the whole world where? In his hands. It's funny how blessings can easily become burdens. Hmm? You get that new job, you're excited about it. Oh, what a blessing. Thank you, God. In six months' time, it's one of the biggest burdens in your life. What changed? What turned the blessing into a burden? You focused on the hands of man or the hands of God? It is freeing to rely on the nailed, pierced hands of Christ. So the question is, have you committed your spirit into his hands? Joseph was eager to have Manasseh blessed before Ephraim. And Jacob When he crossed his hands and blessed Ephraim first, it was of God. Jacob says, I know. Joseph says, no, God. Uh, uh, No, God. No, Father. Bless Manasseh. He's the oldest. Jacob says, no, son. I know what I'm doing. And we can see God intervening here. And even as you go into the book of um, Kings and the Chronicles and, and see the tribes, you see that the northern ten kingdoms were sometimes called who? Ephraim. The history that we have of Jacob and Joseph in Egypt... It's something that we should behold. It's something that we should try to grasp a hold of as best as we can. Because we see the birth of this nation beginning to sprout. And that nation, the purpose of God, through Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, was to bring about Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And so the promise that was made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the promise for us. That all nations would be blessed because all nations would have an opportunity to have their sin forgiven through Jesus Christ. So can you still see the blessings? You may look at a chaotic world. And some of us have a different perspective and we don't mind some of the chaos that's going on. In other words, we're focused on Jesus. We're focused on the spiritual blessings that we have and the material blessings. But I pray and hope that this message has encouraged you and challenged you 
to know that in Christ we have every spiritual blessing. Blessings are still ours, and we need to hold on to them tightly. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you in person or online sometime to Northboro Church of Christ. Take care.